pray that you just be released more and more over us. We love your words. We love your Holy Spirit. We love all that you're doing amongst us. And we love the fact that you you think so highly of us. <laughs> right? If you've been over the last to, here the last uh, day or so, then we've been trying to sort of set out a vision of what it is to be in Christ Jesus. And some of it you'll be familiar with. But it always puzzled me, why did this idea of royal identity just kind of elevate us to a different place in a different level of understanding of who we are? And almost like it's God saying, you have permission to think about yourself, right? You're not, you're, you know, we've used words like, I'm a channel, I'm just a, an earthen vessel, and there's some truth in that, obviously. You know, all, all that God does is to his glory and for his ends and his purposes. But in the course of that, he loves you and he looks at you. He's painting the picture of your life and it's a great picture. Right? Anybody been to the National Gallery or, or the Tate Modern or, or, or your local gallery? I don't know if you've got one, you probably haven't. You? And looked at, just looked at pictures. Anybody done that? Yeah. I hope you have. <laughs> we'll get a book out. And, and just stand in front of a picture and say, you know... That's a Rubens, a Picasso, uh, whoever your favourite artist is. It's absolute rubbish. <laughs> you can't do that, can you? Even if you don't like the person's style, the painter's style, you somehow, somehow you just have to acknowledge you know, that is a masterpiece. I wouldn't put it in my front room. Probably couldn't afford to put it in my front room. <laughs> you know, it's not my front room. It's not big enough, but I have to buy a bigger house. But, you know, I've got to acknowledge it's amazing. And therefore, we know the artist, with his skill and ability, he's amazing too. Amen. You deserve the National Gallery. Yeah. You need to be on a, an exhibit. <laughs> I was once an exhibit in the Pompidou Centre in France. Yeah. <laughs> I was so tired one afternoon, my wife and I got on the train. You know, we, we live near Ebsley International Rail Station. We got on the train, went to Paris for the day. Wanted to go to the Pompidou Centre, you know, that's the big one with all the pipes outside. Yeah, you know, sort of art, art, art centre, art. Jamie will know, Jamie Rush will know all about that. And um, I'm, I'm standing in front of an installation. We decided, myself and my wife, we have slightly different tastes. So we went round together for a while and said, why don't we go off and, you know, you, you just find your way and I'll find my way. So I find this weird looking installation, it's just like an archway. But there's a nice bench in front of it and it's kind of off on an aisle somewhere. So I laid down on the bench. And uh, I had a little pack, and I just put it behind my head, and before I knew it, I'd gone. <laughs> the thing that woke me up was a couple of Japanese tourists with their camera. <laughs> <laughs> so somewhere in China, sorry, somewhere in Japan, there are people who open their family album and say, look at, you know, in, can't do a Japanese accent, look at the family look at the look at the installation, the man on the bench. <laughs> Bye. Somebody. <laughs> so I love telling that story. But you are God's exhibit, aren't you? You are God's installation. You are God's chosen people. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And I, as I've said over the last couple of days, how often have we read that and just seen priesthood? And priesthood's great. You know, you're able to intercede with the Father and, you know, be a priest in his kingdom, you know, and bring down the kingdom of heaven. It's great being a priest. 
But folks, you are a royal priesthood. That problem with royalty is often that we think it's somebody else, not us, because that's the kind of hierarchical society we live in. There's always somebody at the top, and most of us are down here. But what God does to us through the gospel is that we die with Christ on the cross, we are raised with his resurrection, but we, are, we have ascended into heaven and are seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You are in Christ Jesus here on earth, but you are in Christ Jesus now in heavenly places. Amen. Amen. You're all thinking about it, aren't you? Being quietly charismatic. <laughs> it's okay to be noisily charismatic as well, isn't it? Should we do that again? You are seated with him in heavenly places. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, sister. Come on. Sorry, <laughs> bring Christina with us just to get that. <laughs> Hallelujah and amen. And one of the signs of your royalty isn't just simply eternal, and that's great. You're a great piece of work. You know, you're a great, you know, God's creating this amazing multicolored spectacle. That's not, we know that's not just individual, you know, that's corporate, so his church is a beautiful bride. You know, you will be spotless. You are a spotless bride that God is, you know, making ready for himself. You know, a wife making, being made ready for a husband, a great wedding feast in, in heaven. But one of the th- one of the outworkings of being royal is that you have big dreams, yeah. right? And notice dreams, but also big dreams. Most of us have little dreams, according to our own ability. <laughs> but actually, God's called us to a big dream, isn't it? And again, that's both individual and corporate. In other words, it is about you, but it's also about the body of Christ. And some of us, some of us, you know, you can get sort of unbalanced about this, can't you? I'm so consumed with my dream, I don't want care about anybody else, or how it might fit into the wider picture. Or the alternative is that, yeah, I'm committed to the church. Hallelujah! I'm going to bring God's kingdom. It doesn't, but you know, it doesn't really matter what I think or my personal dreams. Am I allowed to have personal dreams? Well, Proverbs 28 verse 18 would suggest that it's a good idea. Without a vision, the people perish, don't they? Without revelation, in, in the NIV it says, I can't read it because I've got glasses. Oh, yeah. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. You see, as royal people, you have permission to dream, to have a vision, to have a revelation of your own that's taking your life somewhere. And the royalty puts you in a place to have those dreams, but the royalty, the sense of royalty, royal identity, enables you to inherit that dream. It takes you forward. Because it's an expectation that royal people should have. You see, you are here to transform the world, aren't you? In all sorts of ways. And yes, that does include seeing people born again and saved and the church growing, but actually that's too small a vision for the kingdom of God. Dare I say that? Sometimes we are so focused, you know, and I'm a, a passionate evangelistic person. I love sharing the gospel with people. I love seeing them being saved. But getting people saved is actually only the beginning for them. And actually they can be part of something much bigger 
that is about, ultimately, a new heaven and a new earth. That's where we're going, isn't it? You know, I used to believe that God would just kind of wrap this old world up and chuck it away and start again with something else. Actually, now, theologically, I believe that God will take this and transform it into what the Bible describes as a new heaven and a new earth. We have some information about that, but we don't have the whole picture because God hasn't all revealed it. But I'm excited that this world counts. Right? Church has gone through all sorts of phases of history, isn't it? When, when they have kind of ignored society. Yeah. I love your, tra- your uh, declarations. We want, you know, jobs and justice and, you know, all sorts of things. We want, you know, entrepreneurs who will come in here and provide jobs, you know, for people and, and all sorts of things. Promotions. You know, so in your hearts, in the kingdom of God, you can have all, kind, all sorts of kinds of dreams. I was brought up in a Christianity where really you can only fulfill your dreams in the church. Now, it's great to have dreams about your church. Don't get me wrong. It's great to have, you know, dreams about your ministry, what I could do for God in the context of the church. But you see, the church is only part of the kingdom. As we were saying during the week, you know, your, your church at the moment, its influence doesn't extend to Mars, does it? Or Pluto or whatever your favourite planet is. But the kingdom does. Dare I say, that's why sometimes there's a desire in, in certain circles to actually reach out into, where does that come from? I know it may not even be, may, people may not even realise that the desire to have dominion over the universe actually is a biblical desire. It was put there in man's heart in Genesis, wasn't it? You will have dominion over the creation. What's the creation? We tend to think, well, it's just a little garden of Eden. You know, we'll all be little gardeners, you know, bringing up the earth. No, it's the whole universe. And God wants to break you out of your small thinking. If your only dreams are around the church, I'm passionate about the church. Many of my dreams, because I'm employed to work in the church, actually are being worked out in the church. But I'm also passionate about the rest of the world. And releasing and training people so that you can transform our health service, our education, our business world, our sporting world, our media world, whatever world that God calls you into. And you may do that simultaneously as having a great ministry in the church. You can do both. You are multi-talented, aren't you? But some may have an emphasis in one area and others will have an emphasis in another area. And actually the church needs to, traditionally the church has got behind its own concerns. You know, keep tithing, by the way, you know, keep tithing. But, <laughs> and, you know, let's get more full-time people in the, in the church and, you know, let's get, you know, all that. And, and I believe in that. You know, we currently have a staff of 20 people and they're all full-time, but they're all sort of paid. And it's great. It's great to be in that kind of context. But that really is only in order that we might invade the rest of the world and bring the kingdom. So we have a heaven in healthcare project, we have a heaven in business project, we have, you know, we're working into education and all sorts of fields. And that's just the ones we're trying to plan and organise. Let alone the members of the church who are daily, you know, exercising their ministry and their dominion in in creation in all sorts of areas of their work life and their community life as well. So Martin Luther King, didn't he? He said, I have a dream. Do you know that dream speech only took about five minutes? 
And yet it's reverberated around the world, isn't it? And the challenge for you this morning is, do you have a dream? Do you have a dream like Martin Luther King had for social transformation? Do you have a dream to transform your workplace? Do you have a dream to, to, you know, get involved in a certain ministry in the church? Whatever your dream is. And, And folks, again, I said this over the last couple of days. It's okay to have your dream. Sometimes, we, sometimes we're afraid to dream because it won't line up with, with God's dream or what God wants. It's, it's almost like what you want can't possibly be what God wants. Because I'm a selfish sinner and he's pure and holy and so I must be wrongly motivated. Or oh, by the way, you're not a selfish sinner. Did, did you realise that? You're a saint of God. You're a royal son and daughter of the king. You, you, that enables you to dream and dream massively. Sadly, I remember the, remember the stage of my life when I stopped dreaming and I didn't even realise it. Came to plant a church in a town in Gravesend in Kent. Worked really hard at it. Hadn't really grown. You know, it, many good things about it, but it hadn't fulfilled the dream that we had dreamt. So I cried out to God and said, God, I give you another year to do something about this. I'm good like that. <laughs> You've got a chance. <laughs> One year. <laughs> Within two weeks, God had already begun to answer that prayer. And if you know the history of our church, we're two churches like two, that joined together. And God gave us a clear prophetic word that we'd been a small battalion fighting on the front line, but this army would come up behind us and the small battalion were part of that army. So we joined, essentially we joined a small church with a large church together, and that's become what you might know as Eastgate. And this is before we had, you know, I already, already, I always had a passion for kind of making disciples. In fact, my leadership team used to call me Discipleship Dave, you know, because I was always going on about it. And, uh, you know, and I remember, I remember somebody prophesying over me, saying, you will train people from all over the world. And I'm thinking, really? And this is the stage where I'd stop dreaming. You know, if you stop dreaming, let God just prophesy into your life. Maybe part of your not dreaming is that you've got prophecies on the back burner, which you need now to stir up. If I had a picture in the worship of God, like, releasing doves over you right now, you know, representing, of course, the Holy Spirit, and just resting on you. And you've got a dream. Don't know what it is. You know what it is, and God knows what it is. And God wants to anoint that dream with his Holy Spirit. Why don't you just put your hand on your shoulder or your head or wherever you feel is appropriate. <laughs> so, Holy Spirit, we thank you for the dreams that you want to release today. I once met a guy, knew a guy that, you know, released, uh, had a business selling, not selling, but, you know, taking doves and releasing them at weddings. He released a whole load of doves in, uh, for David Beckham's wedding. David Victoria's wedding, he does it for a few, does it for all sorts of things. And I, I could see that picture of the doves being released and God's releasing, you know, specific anointings over dreams this morning to a, reignite them. Or enlarge them. And for some of you who's saying, dare to dream. Dare to dream again. Amen. And maybe you've realized, you know, you've, you've realized that 
you know, you know, because it can, as I was saying, kind of creep up on you that somehow you kind of stop dreaming because you got disappointed. I got disappointed. I got discouraged. I became doubtful about what God was going to say. So I cried out to God, God, you've got to do something. And we'd seen many breakthroughs, many, many good things, and I was thankful for those. But I know it wasn't all that God had called us to do. By a long, long stop. And even now, though, God has blessed us mightily. It's only, it always feels like only the beginning. Yeah. And just let, you know, you know you, 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 how, does, how does Jesus describe the kingdom of heaven? He describes it like this. It's like a mustard seed. The smallest seed around. So your dream can just start with a thought you know what, I would like to do this. Or you'd identify a need around you. think, I, can, I want to see that situation changed. I want to see those lives transformed. You know, our, our churches together in Gravesend sort of made a statement, said, we don't want any homelessness in our town. Three years down the line into what we call our Sanctuary Homeless Project and Drop-In Centre, you know, and uh, the local council told us there were probably only half a dozen homeless people in, in our borough. Well, Amen. this period, you know, from November through to March, we had 103 guests come through. We call them guests. You know, homeless people with all sorts of backgrounds and with all sorts of needs come through that. But we are determined that nobody is going to sleep rough in our town. Amen. We're not there yet, but we're three years into a vision... And a goal, and it's just simply come from people saying, I have a dream. Amen. I will not tolerate the works of the enemy, Amen. you know, on my patch, on my watch. Amen. And it's, you know, that's all it takes, isn't it? The, you know, a, a dream that's empowered, that's birthed in you by the Holy Spirit. Because God is faithful and he loves his people to dream. We'd be a bit of a boring lot, and unfortunately the church has been a bit boring in the past, hasn't it? <laughs> We'd be a boring lot if we weren't dreaming, Amen. if we weren't passionate. You know, our local MP was bringing two Maltese, my wife just phoned me about this uh, last night, two Maltese MPs, or uh, European MPs I think they were, you know, from Malta, that's not Chinese, that's not chocolate Maltese, it's Maltese, <laughs> Sorry. they are Maltesers actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But two people from Malta, anyway. Uh, around our homeless project, the local MP is bringing them around and in, introducing it. And say, you know, this, for him, he's delighted. Mm. He's not born again, but he's very sympathetic to, to Christianity. His father was an Anglican vicar. And, uh, you know, be very supportive of him. You'll see, if you come to Eastgate, you'll see his name on the plaque because he opened our building for us. That's the favour that we have. And the favour that you can have, you know, but, you know, just keep making those declarations as God's favour is on you. Yeah. And God's favour is on your dreams. Yeah. So Father, again, let's just pray again and, and then we'll, we'll do something else. <laughs> I really think that God, God wants to bring to mind the prophetic word that set you off on your dream. And I pray now, if you become discouraged or doubtful, uh, you know, around that and, um, you know, disappointed, then God just wants to lift that off of you now. Just take the truth of this word where it says, you know, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you 
Rest. Rest comes by the Spirit. Rest comes by knowing who you are. That you are a royal son and daughter. You are a prince and a princess in his kingdom. He delights, you know, even if things are not working out for you at the moment, it's not, God doesn't look at your works and say, I'm not sure if I love you anymore. God looks at you, the person, and says, I love you so much. Well done for trying, but I love you so much. It hasn't necessarily worked out as you planned yet, but I love you so much. In one, in one sense, it doesn't matter if it works out. I love you so much. That's your foundation, isn't it? That's, your, that's the core of your being, that you are simply loved by God. But in that love, he will just speak into your dream now and say, dare to believe, dare to dream that I can do, God can do more than you can think or imagine. Think about our dreams, they're the things that we imagine happening. Often they're God-given dreams and, and say, God, you know, if my dream isn't big enough, enlarge it. Enlarge it. And then ask the Lord, well, what, Lord, you know, when you go away from today and you're thinking over these things during the week, Lord, what's the next step? Or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm into my dream now. God's working it out. Lord, what's the next step? I want you to add to our team. I want you to add resources. You are royal people. You are wealthy people. If Jesus, if God has given us his very own son, Romans 8.32, surely he will give us all things. And he will feed your project. He will feed your dream. He will resource what you need. And he's he's given you a dream so that it will feed your faith. It will feed your faith so that you can believe for all that God wants to do through you. I have a dream. You have a dream. Let's say it together. We have a dream. We have a dream. Amen? Amen. Amen. Jamie, how are we going to do this? We want to kind of... Jamie was saying, we, you know, can we do a fire tunnel? Well, it will be a fire tunnel because the fire of God will come. But also, this is, this is a dream tunnel. Right, as you as we pray for you, team, we'll have the team up in a moment, and I don't know, you, you're looking at him as if he's going to organise it. Tim's going to organise it. <laughs> I am. <laughs> yes, I want you to be thinking about your dream, and as you go through, just say, Lord, speak to me about it, enlarge it, do whatever you want to do, equip me, empower me for doing the will of God in this dream.